0: Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. We'll see come Sunday. It's not going to shock me one bit if somebody can pull out a win or just have a good run. Unless it's like Christopher Bell. At this point, I'd be very surprised if a Toyota ended up in victory lane. Well, I guess you could call me surprised. I'm Brandon Monroe, and alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez, and... I, I don't know what to say about that race that we just got done watching. A lot of stuff happen- happening at the end of the cup race, and we will get to that pretty soon. But let's start with the race on Saturday, which I would say played out pretty much exactly how we expected.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty standard race, AJ. Won from the pole, although he did have to... It like he wasn't going to win that race. Got a late restart and took the lead back from Ty Gibbs, who led the good good... Ladder half of the race. Uh, but AJ gets the lead back, holds off. I think there was one more restart after that. Also, one stage one, so six bonus points he's leaving the Royalville with, setting himself up for a nice run into the final four,
0: maybe. Yeah, I mean, those bonus points are definitely going to go a long way for AJ. Uh, I felt like he definitely needed some in this round if you wanted a real shot and you win back to back races. You're gonna accomplish just that. It's a huge round for Almendinger in that yeah,
1: team. fourth fourth win at the Roval in a row, which I you mean, know, we're the only four he entered, and then as as you mentioned, yeah, two in a row to end the round. Great round for him. Put himself. He was kind of like in that in between, in between with uh, where Algar was. I think Algar was third, uh, and then uh, where Josh Bray was. Now I think uh, AJ might actually be starting this round second in playoff points. So huge, huge increase for him. Uh, going through a a bit of a rundown for the playoffs. Uh, We entered this race, obviously, with Noah Gregson and A.J. Allmendinger locked in. Uh, Ty Gibbs locked in pretty early in the race in round, or in stage two, or stage one. Don't even know if he got any, don't remember if he got any stage points in the first uh, stage. We didn't need them, had a pretty clear round. As I mentioned, led 24 laps, just one behind A.J. Allmendinger's 25 and finished second. Uh, Austin Hill locked in after stage two and is probably very happy that he had the cushion that he did. Uh, Had some power steering issues. I don't remember when they started happening, but they were on pit road basically every time they could be trying to repair it. Never really got it going, but finished 29th, but had enough points to still move on into the next round. Uh, Justin Allgaier finished fifth. Pretty solid day. Uh, Still probably right behind Noah and and Ty as the top two. AJ still could be in there, but I still want to see a little bit more on normal ovals. Uh, But, at the end of the day, it has a pretty clear round. There was some concern, obviously, after uh, Texas, but still moves on by 35 points. Uh, Josh Berry finished eighth. He'll be moving into his first final eight, as will Sam Mayer, who finished 11th. And then it gets where it gets really interesting. We had a good old-fashioned battle at the end of the race. Uh, ultimately, it is Brandon Jones, who did win stage two and finished seventh and wound up moving on by a sink- by just two points. Uh, Ryan Sieg finished ninth and was eliminated by two points if he had he would have had to have passed Brandon Jones to get in. he had a little bit fresher tires, but not quite enough laps to get there. But, I mean, I think we could both agree. great round for for Ryan Sieg. I'm sure it's disappointing to finish in the top ten in all three races in the round and still not move on, but he has set a new career high for top tens with thirteen.
0: Yeah, really good season for Ryan Sieg. I definitely was rooting for him, too. Would have been a good story, even though he would have faced an uphill battle in the next round. But he came close, you know, just a couple stage points. That's, you know, the difference, two, really, here two, at the two, end of the day. Two, yeah. stage,
1: two points at any point. Maybe yeah. he ends up needing to be three. I don't know. Actually, I'm pretty sure uh, Sieg would have had the tiebreaker because he did finish, like, fifth at uh, a day. I don't think Brandon Jones had a top five. So just two points, but uh, gave it a, a try. I think most people thought his only chance of getting through was probably to win at like Talladega. And he obviously didn't make it through, but came really, really close.
0: Yeah. I you know, especially with this race being a road course. Like if that was yeah, his first was... Top ten on a road course, it wouldn't shock me.
1: I, I don't think it is, but I mean, he it doesn't have very many, uh, the other, other cu- couple other guys that we thought would fight for a, a spot that didn't make it through Daniel Hemrick damage. What? Like lap one, lap two, like super, super yeah. early in the race. Just drove it uh, into the wall. Just drove it in the wall. Never really recovered. Ultimately finished 17th and wound up being eliminated okay. by 11 points. And then Riley Herbst, who was in, was out, was in, was out, has some late race uh, contact with James Davison. Then the, the, the quarter panel comes loose. Gets actually like in behind the tire. It looked like, but it was running fine still. Uh, then he's just wrong place, wrong time. Gets behind. It doesn't get too damaged in one of the accidents. And then ultimately, I think they maybe I don't know if they pit at that point, but then does ultimately crash and uh, finish 32nd, missing by 20 points. But I'm sure it's disappointing, but very solid season for them.
0: Yeah, I think honestly, that one might be a little bit more disappointing. Than Ryan Sieg, because like Ryan Sieg was there, and you know he gave it his all, and he probably left the track saying, you know, there's not much more I could have done. I think at the end of the day, Riley Herbst looks back at this race, and you know everything went wrong there at the end for him, and you know that's that's just racing sometimes, but I think it's a lot more frustrating for him. Probably, when you add on his you know, future, we don't know what's going on with him. I think we both agree that he definitely deserves to be back in that car next year with the improvement he's shown. But that's far from a guarantee, and if he needed to make a deep playoff run to really get some more people on board, uh, that's very unfortunate for him.
1: Yeah, certainly unknown here with Riley Herb. Still young, still only uh, 23, but I agree, as you mentioned, uh, just a much better season. Wasn't really the cause of, of cautions like we had seen. Um, he's currently tied for his career high in top 10s, which was his uh, one year with JGR. Uh, already has a career high for top fives. Average finishes increased over that JGR year by two, almost two and a half uh, positions. And I think we would be in agreement that the Stuart Haas car he's driving not as good as the JGR cars uh, that he was driving. So impressive that he's been able to outrun it was very solidly in the playoffs most of the year never really in question unlike last year where it looked like oh maybe he's gonna miss and I think even the year before was pretty close uh just unfortunate timing uh bad bad luck for him at the end ultimately cost him a shot of moving on (laughs) uh going back to Daniel Hemmerich real quick just uh guess a bit of a consolation prize it was announced earlier today that he is going to be back with uh colleague next year so they did it seemed like Manchester secured some funding between la- middle of last week and now. I, I don't know what how much could change that fast, but apparently enough.
0: I'm surprised and both him and Landon are back I, in that I, car next year, but hey, good for them.
1: <laughs> did, like Landon, you know, you can kind of get it. He's he's certainly not young, but doesn't have a lot of experience in, in top tier equipment and did solid this year. Hemrick, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think we've seen what Hemrick is yet he still is managing to secure uh, sponsorship to continue riding. Uh, last guy, Jeremy Clemens, finished 14th, missed by 54 points. Pretty uneventful race for him. I mean, he kind of knew he'd have to win to get in and felt like that opportunity was at Talladega, not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the notables, and I already mentioned him earlier, but James Davison finished fourth with damage, uh, effectively driving uh, half a modified, it felt like. Uh, but solid, solid day, finished fourth. I certainly think if he could get like a full full uh, road course schedule at least, he could battle for one of these wins somewhere. Uh, Alex LeBay finished sixth, a very solid finish for him. Best finish since the Roval in 2020. And uh, Alex LeBay actually really good at the Roval, I found out. He has five career races here, of which he has top 15s in all of them, three top 10s, and his only series top five here. And his three best career finishes all have come at this track. Uh, That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's very solid. He's another guy that could contend uh, with like a playoff spot. I think if they had a better car, but it was very solid this year. Uh, last guy I want to mention, Daniel Kvyat, finished 15th, just his third stock car race at the time. Uh, now has fourth after he ran the Cup race at the Roval as well. But Sam Hunt car is pretty pretty solid. So I think pretty pretty solid day for Kvyat.
0: I mean, I think I saw him late in the race as high as twelfth. He might have been a little bit higher earlier in the day, but you know, I thought it was solid equipment, and uh, he put together a solid showing. And like you said, only his third stock car start. Um, you know, I can't, uh, I can't say that was a bad performance from him. He did what he needed to do. Um, take a look at some of the other guys here. I know one person I want to mention is just Anthony Alfredo. Uh, he did come home in twelfth. But him and his teammate, Jeb Burton, not getting along in pit road, that might have been one of the more spicier things, I guess you could say, during the Xfinity race. Uh, Both drivers having a heated argument in the pits uh, didn't quite catch it on the track. It looks like one of them ran into the other one, and it kind of spilled over to after the race. So not good times in our motorsports. I mean, we already had uh, Brett Moffitt lose his ride for sponsorship reasons, and now this. I'm willing to bet there's going to be some shakeups there in the off season.
1: I mean, that feels pretty certain. Jeb has been, uh, I mean, pitiful, just to be honest. There's no really other way to put it. Whereas Anthony Alfredo has finished in the, in the top ten, and I think has at least a top five. Uh, Jeb is a big old O for twenty nine, uh, with an average finish of twenty one point seven, even in the. Um, last year in the college car was only 16 top tens, which is definitely less than I feel like you, you want from your drivers that are in a top tier Xfinity car. Uh, I mean, I don't know if, if Hemrick or Cass are going to hit that mark this year either, but I also think the call of car is definitely a step back this year compared to last year. Yeah, uh,
0: I don't know. Seeing, I just, I was going to say, just looking at the top tens, it looked like Landon has 11 this year and Hemrick has 10, but again, they're nowhere near as good as they were last season. I feel like
1: uh, just, it, Jeb feels like he's on his last leg. Uh maybe Jeb knows that he's on his last leg. Uh I mean, not that it's a huge difference, but Anthony Alfredo is out running him in the average race by uh, 2.7 positions, which I mean can be pretty significant. Jeb Burton's average finish behind both Alex LeBay and Brandon Brown, and Brandon Brown has driven some shit boxes the last month or so. <laughs> Uh, also well behind what Moffitt's was before he uh he stopped running for uh that team. Although Moffitt, I think, got a top 10 uh when he was last out with Bobby Daughter, so that pushed up a little bit but still would have been well ahead of, of Jeb's. I mean, Jeb's just clearly the third driver on that team. There are plenty of young guys that I don't know how much funding they bring, but I would I think certainly run better than Jeb there. I think Jeb's. Jeb's time as a full-time racer, I, I think is about up.
0: I would agree. I mean, he's had his chances and good equipment. And, you know, he hasn't performed, unfortunately. I know he did get a win last year driving for colleague, but it was at Talladega in a rain shortened race. So You know, he didn't didn't have the best year last year when I feel like he needed to. And if if he ran just a little bit better, if he had a top 10 or two top 10s like Alfredo and, you know, had a higher average finishing position. Didn't have to be amazing. It didn't, you know, he didn't have to make the playoffs or anything like that, but I guess it's pretty clear he's been the worst guy there, and I'm, I'm probably expecting a lot different situation for Jeb Burton next year. Yeah. Huh?
1: The next highest guy in points with zero top 10s is uh, Josh Williams, and I don't think, no offense to Josh Williams, he actually is, I feel like decently solid for the chances he does get. Uh, you don't really want to be in the same category as Josh Williams and in, in anything.
0: I would I mean, even
1: even Joe Graf Jr. has a top ten. Mason Massey has two. Kyle Sieg has one. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt has two. So, just uh, yeah, not not a good season for him. And I just you got to feel like this is coming to the end. I think our motorsports would be very smart to trim down to two cars, especially if there's not 100% full funding for three full-time guys. Uh, and just focus on the two cars. I think we saw some, some different guys have gotten in the cars lately. You see a little bit of speed here and there. So, and they're just, they're just, to me, I don't think Jeb brings enough money for it to be worth it. And there are too many really good young guys that, Don't have great shots
0: yet, Mm -hmm. and I know. I think going into the year, we thought our motorsports was like a decent team, and I think going back down to two cars would definitely help them. It wouldn't shock me if you saw an uptick in performance next year if they did do that. Yeah, I
1: thought they could maybe contend for a spot. I mean, they were kind of close. They were the the first team that didn't have any drivers in the playoffs, Uh, but I certainly think going down to two cars would help them better.
0: Speaking of someone who had speed, and I think this is a very good sign for this team, and that's uh, Stefan Parsons for uh, you know, Tommy Joe's team Alpha Prime. He was running in the top 5 at the end of that race before he got spun out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, well, and also was um was it Sage that was in the O two. 2
0: Yeah, for an uh, hour. Yeah, 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 he was, he up, was there as well. up there
1: as well. So two guys having two good uh two good runs. Uh derailed late just kind of got you know typical roval crazy with people getting spun and but I just a lot of cars out there that I think could contend if they could ever land a one driver in them
0: mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think the musical chairs at the cup level might be ending I think there's a lot still left to be seen in the truck and Xfinity series so it's definitely going to be interesting as we get into the off season and See what drivers end up where. I mean, we already know uh, Chandler Smith's going to calling next year. So that's one seat already filled. Brandon Jones to the nine. That's another. I'm sure we're going to have information on Gibbs drivers soon for next year. And uh, I think after that, you'll see those mid tier teams start to fill in once we get the big announcements out of the way. But that really wraps it up for the Xfinity series. Again, you know, pretty. Tame race until maybe right at the end. Um, next round, obviously for them, they're going the next three weeks just like the Cup Series. So, going to be very interesting to see what happens there. I think it's all up in the air, except possibly Noah Gregson finding a way to lose Homestead. <laughs> I think that might be the only thing that could very well uh, be a lock with how he's just had bad luck in that race over the last couple of years. But moving over to the Cup Series, as uh, I'm sure you guys picked up on in the intro there. Um, you know, again, call me shocked. Christopher Bell, out of nowhere on a track where a Toyota has shown, or a type of track Toyota has shown no speed all year, a road course, uh, got a little crazy there at the end. A late yellow for a sign on the track that may or may not have been there a while. That's up for debate. I know some I, drivers said it was. I saw one driver
1: say it was. I feel like if that was the case, we would have seen more drivers say it was.
0: I mean, it's, it could be a situation where you know. When they're waiting on rain or something like that, and somebody needs rain yellow, or they don't, and it happens either before or after they need it. Uh, regardless, that did set up a very crazy finish. Christopher Bell well, coming I mean, in take even, tires. Even before that, too.
1: Like, this race itself was not great.
0: No, it was it was pretty... But
1: the playoff yeah. picture in it was pretty interesting throughout. Uh, as we've that would seen, be fair. As we've seen with this car certainly wasn't uh it's not easy to pass uh when when there aren't a big wide track that you can go to which is why cars have been so good at the mile and a halfs that have multiple lanes of racing in uh, texas uh and not as good at, at some of the short tracks the road courses but i mean christopher bell pulls off the upset but it's how we got there when the people that got eliminated I mean, it was pretty like I said, pretty same race. Joy won the first stage. Another playoff point it for every really lap, I think. But every lap in the first yeah. stage. And we saw, I don't know, ten guys to take the there are ten guys staying out for stage point six, to top ten spots, something like that. Um they all cycle back and really none of them move forward.
0: Yeah, I, it was bad.
1: They, they they just kind of all stick there. I don't know if any of them got back to the top fifteen even uh, before the end of stage two. Now they all finished in the top. You know, eight or so, because everyone in front of them pit. Uh, I know, like, Denny, for example, said that they lost so much track position that they knew they weren't going to get stage points anyway. Uh, so they actually went ahead and pit at the end of Stage 2. Uh, Ross did a similar thing at the end of Stage 1, and that used that advantage to actually win Stage 2. Uh some point in Stage 3, Swarov's power steering goes away, uh, and he is just fighting for his life. Uh, he is second and a half plus off the pace. Um very from from what he was running even uh, later in the race once they it got it a little bit fixed. Uh and it looks like Swords is out. Then Chastain hits the wall. Again, already had to come for the back. Uh hits the wall. Now he's in a precarious spot. And I Remind me when it happened cuz I don't remember if it was before any of the cautions or after but then Kyle Larson hits the wall That was
0: that was before. That was after Ross. And we didn't get It was after a, Ross. It, yeah, it was after Ross. We didn't get a clip of it until after the race but he hit the same wall that Chase Elliott got turned into there last year and it broke the toe link on the 5 car Same,
1: same uh, thing. Ross was the one Ross also broke a toe link. Ross went to the garage and fixed it and since it wasn't a caution there's no DVP uh, yeah, but Larson breaks the toe link. They don't, they just try to fix it up the road. Loses five laps and he's in for the record. He is in, it's close, but he's in, uh, chase cruising into a victory. And then we get the caution.
0: And, you know, like we were saying, you know, Christopher bell on that, he comes in and gets four tires. A lot of other drivers pit was, as well.
1: There was, there was, you know, bell's pretty high for the guy that pits He's seventh, but he has to win.
0: He doesn't have a choice. He, he
1: has to win. And I think if you're going for the best finishing position there, you probably do stay out. But Bell has to win. He's gonna have a really hard time winning from seventh. He brings it in the pit. Briscoe and Cindric both stay out. The two guys that are one of them, I think at this point, I think it's Cindric that's right on the inside. Brisco's right on the outside, but they know they need points. They they know they need points. They they stay out. I thought Cindric should have pit. It's really easy for me to make that call, but I thought Cindric should have pit. Briscoe was far up enough that I knew he'd have some cars behind him. Cindric, I was concerned, would not have that many cars uh, in front of between him and the lapped cars, or the sorry, not the lapped cars, the cars that just spit. But then they get the restart. Chase and, and AJ both get a pretty good restart, but then they just lean on each other hard. Uh, ends up, uh, Chase loses all his momentum. Then later, AJ ends up in the grass. Some out of nowhere, in typical Harvick fashion. Kevin Harvick is suddenly the leader. Uh, Chase winds up getting spun by Reddick. Whether he spun himself doesn't really matter. Through the grass. But here comes Christopher Bell through all this. Taryn is way up there. I think before the end of the... I don't remember where he restarted. It was outside the top 10. 12th.
0: started 12th. Started 12th on the, okay.
1: I'm pretty sure before they got back to the line there, he was third. Maybe fourth.
0: That sounds right. It did it did help that, uh, you know, there were a couple incidents there, but he was able to get through them very fast, too, and, uh, you know, now he has a chance. And like he said, he wished that race was going to go green the rest of the way because he didn't want to deal with another restart. Um, with all this going on, I believe a Yellow came out for, I know Ty Dillon got spun around. I know Chase Briscoe was in an incident there, and it looked like it was all over for Chase Briscoe until that next Yellow came out that allowed the 14 car to come in and take tires.
1: And they, oh, it was the... Um... The turtle broke.
0: That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. I know broke. it was hard to tell at first because they kept going back and forth. They showed the hairpin. They didn't zoom in the turtle. They had a camera on Ty Dillon who was stuck in the grass. But yes, no, they ended up having a red flag because the turtle snapped in half.
1: So they or it snapped off the, the, the concrete track or the asphalt, whatever it is. And they fixed it. They're under red flag, which I'm sure is a great time for all these drivers here. Some of them that just lost a bunch of spots like Briscoe, I'm sure are fuming. Bell's probably as anxious as he possibly could be. Uh, but they get going. You no, know,
0: I don't think he was that anxious. He had enough time to give an interview <laughs> during it. So I mean,
1: at that point, what else are you going to do? Like, <sighs> kind of gets wait. your mind off things. <laughs> the, the waiting. Like, I'm sure Bell feels pretty confident at that point. But with the chaos of the role, like, I'm sure he thinks if he doesn't get wrecked, he's going to win the race. Uh, as long as he doesn't get wrecked, but it's the Roval, and he's going to be on the outside and. Around. I don't know, actually know which way they the leader takes normally, but he's on the front row, but we've seen that front row plenty of times oh, yeah. drivers, either on their own accord or other people's accord, just completely miss the turn. And uh, uh, But then, yeah, Briscoe Pitts, Cindric still stays out. He is in now, but I think he can not... Maybe he can lose one spot with where whoever is that first guy out is... <laughs>
0: I think it was a couple because at that point, Briscoe was at the back because he had to pit. So I think he had like maybe three or four points, but the fact he was on old tires. And um, he
1: may have realistically needed to get a point. He did because he was behind Larson still. And at that point you have to work under the assumption that Bell's Bell's going to get the lead.
0: See, I think when they restarted, he was a couple points up, but you're right. You you got to work that.
1: But uh, he was out because he was behind Larson. So if Bell got the lead, it was, um, and all, all Larson can like at this point Suarez knows his, his chances are basically done. Chastain knows he's probably pretty safe just because of the gap he has, and it's hard for he can't really lose that. He can't lose any more points really. None of them can lose more points except for the fact that the drivers can get a couple. Chastain was ahead of Larson, so he probably feels pretty safe. But Larson only a point or two up on Cindric. Restart happens, Syndric. I don't remember if he ever gets spun around or anything.
0: Did in the uh, chicane, the backstretch chicane okay. on that restart. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Gets yep. spun
1: around, and now Larson looking like it might be good, but Bell easily takes the lead. By the way, like it's not even. It was so much of a it felt like a foregone conclusion. He takes the lead, and he's gone. Uh, here comes Briscoe though on those new tires, trying to do everything he can to run down. Uh, Every position he can, he gets several, and what was it, Brandon, two points?
0: Uh, He made it, yeah, made it in by two points. Those last two points he got in that backstretch chicane when he got around Austin Dillon and Cole Custer. What's Uh, funny is didn't need him. He had the tiebreaker,
1: didn't need him. Uh, Certainly an aggressive move there (laughs) that could have ended up costing him.
0: I mean, I mean we've we've, odd, seen people throw away points. Yep. <laughs> we've seen people in those uh obviously that was the front stretch of cane but we've seen people make and those moves going for it, a I, win I, I so yeah but at
1: the end of the day against all odds literally i don't know if if you told me that out of all the brackets that were ever made in this it's not like ncaa so it's not like there's a super easy way to track it though nascar should have one on their website that they just that would actually probably be a pretty good interactive thing but don't many anyone really had Briscoe getting out of the round of 16? And I think even fewer people had him getting around, out of the round of 12. Yet here he is, Chase Briscoe, into the round of eight, where if he can get through, did win Phoenix in the spring.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm sure. I would that.
1: give him all the credit in the world for having, a. I mean, first round, not great, but, but solid enough, you know? Uh, 27th at Darlington, that's not great, but 13th at Kansas, 14th at Bristol. Solid enough to escape through. But here, he goes into this round with uh, four top 10s on the whole season. Uh, none since Charlotte. Three straight top 10s in this round. Uh, fifth very, at Texas, tenth at Vega, and ninth here at the Roval.
0: Very good round.
1: Uh, can't really, like, you know, it, it's... Easy to be like, well, he doesn't deserve it because he would have been like 16, 17 the points, yada, yada. But in this, everyone plays under the same rules. They got there this round and they 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 did what they had to do. Barely, but they did what they had to do. Move on to the next round where I'm sure everyone will again not pick Chase Briscoe to advance to the final four. Well, I certainly won't. But I mean, they, they seem to just be doing everything they can to get through. But quite honestly, probably the bigger news Kyle Larson, defending champion, out before the round of eight.
0: Yeah, that's that's the one that's probably even more shocking than Briscoe making it, because, you know, Talladega's in there. You expect things to happen, and, uh, you know, maybe you could spin it. Oh, Briscoe got enough points through there to make it in the round. Things happen. I don't think anybody expected Kyle Larson to miss, and especially the way they missed. It looked like he was, you know, perfectly safe. Even after the tow link issue. Um, but the, light, the late know, race I, restarts, they they did him in.
1: Yeah, it, it literally was, and I, I thought this at the time, once he got in, he'll be safe unless someone outside wins. If someone outside wins, and then Cindric or Briscoe, because it could have been one of them, and then just the other one gets points, but someone else, Cindric Briscoe, on back, needs to win, and then one of Cindric or Briscoe needs to get the points to pass Larson. And that was the only way he was going to miss, and that's what happened.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, A bit of a silver lining for the 5-team, though. They are still in the Owner Points Championship, so I'm sure Kyle Larson feels great about that after everything that happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's uh, at the end of the day, it is true, at least, that in the Cup Series, that is what determines the money they get. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: And like in the lower series, where it's a split between Driver and Owner Points, so it's, from a pocketbook, a decent consolation, though... Uh, I'm pretty sure he would have preferred just to still be alive to begin with
0: I think he would have too <laughs> I think I like he'd much rather be racing for the driver championship than the owner with, championship
1: yeah 45 also, obviously also eliminated uh it was pretty close would you say five points
0: yeah five five points back that's all Bubba missed it by so, so it
1: was pretty close uh Bubba solid day today finished uh seventh ninth one of those two uh that Definitely solid day for the Roval, for a road course for sure for him. Uh, I mean, a great year, I think, for Bubba. We'll, we'll talk about all of them once the season's over. But a lot of guys have had great years this year. Uh, but, you know, some guys that are out, like Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, certainly can't say that. Although I will say for Kyle Busch, uh, finished third today, his first top five since Gateway.
0: I didn't realize he even got up to third. Going to be honest, I I didn't see him until probably that. next you literally last, last asked restart. me if he was even in that race <laughs> no, at some point during I it. I uh, did ask because yeah, he was invisible today.
1: Gets up to third, first top five since the getaway, just his third top ten in that time span as well.
0: Yes, it's been a rough last couple months for him.
1: Uh, but obviously, uh, in addition to I already mentioned Chase, who won a race. Christopher Bell, who won this race, and Briscoe, who got in by the skin of his teeth, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, all move on. And it was never that close, although Byron does not get in if they don't get this penalty overturned.
0: That's uh, 100% true, so I know they're very happy about that, and um, they're never going to be able to pull that one again just because of the rule change NASCAR had to make after the fact, but... uh, it worked, you know, uh, whether you agree he should have or shouldn't have gotten penalized or if the appeal was the correct decision. Uh, William Byron's moving on. Um, it's unfortunate for Kyle Larson because he'd be the guy safe if his teammate didn't catch that break. But, uh, you know, I I what like if, Byron's chances.
1: What if Hendrick costs Byron or uh, costs Larson the championship?
0: That'd be something. That'd be pretty crazy. Like if Kyle Larson just maybe not even goes on a tear, but does what he needs to do to End up winning, you know, the owners' championship. I'm sure you could do the math there and figure it out, but yeah, that'd be that'd be something else, uh, especially if it is not a Hendrick driver that ultimately wins the championship. They got
1: two guys left, but uh, we'll see. So I I will say this because we meant I mentioned very specifically that I did not want to bring this up unless something came out of it because it's kind of a nothing burger to me, but NASCAR. Is reviewing data, video, and radio transmissions from the 41 car following its incident on the backstretch during the final lap.
0: Listen, I, I saw Parker Kligerman pull up Chase Briscoe's data saying, oh, he he broke later into that last turn, which is 100% true. Briscoe did overdrive the turn. But I was watching that live and, like, Austin Dillon drastically closes up on Cole Custer there going into that backstretch chicane Uh, to the point where Austin couldn't pull out and try to pass Briscoe. I mean, not Briscoe, Custer. And that's how Briscoe was able to get by both of them. Um, That'd be pretty funny if something does happen, because in the grand scheme of things, it didn't affect anything. Briscoe had the tiebreaker, and he would have made it.
1: And it doesn't affect anything because they also, NASCAR already said that any potential penalties would not affect the round of eight field. So it sounds like the 41 would get a penalty but they're not going to do anything to the playoff field, which at this point seems like nothing again.
0: I don't even think you could really penalize Custer. I get, you know, you want to take a look at it because of what happened in 2013 with spingate. This is not the same situation. I think we would all agree there's, there's probably a line there. Helping your teammate get a spot just a position or two is a lot different than parking your car in pit road.
1: Uh, Matt Weaver actually went and talked to Cole Custer about this, to which Cole Custer said tried to pass the eight. He drove me down on the apron on oval one. I came back on track with vibration. Team yelled at me that I had a flat, so I eased it into the corner to see what I had. I got run over by the three twice. Thought I had a flat, had a vibration, got run over. Um, which I mean, you know, if that's true, pretty easy to would end up finishing 24th.
0: So, I'd say that's believable.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, all of that is pretty verifiable in terms of communications and him getting run
0: down. So, he had a tire going down, that's something you'd very easily be able to see when he brought it back into the pits. But, you know, even even if Custer was trying to help Briscoe out, again, I don't think that's anything crazy enough to warrant a penalty.
1: I just think that as long as... First of all, I'm sorry... We did not penalize Denny Hamlin after Gateway for messing with Ross Chastain. I think there's very little that we could penalize people for, That's- uh, based on that precedent. But at the end of the day, like I get, I we none of us want an F1 situation where uh, William Byron is literally pulling over to let Chase Elliott win a race. Like nobody wants that. I have nothing wrong, nothing against your running. There, he probably gave up a couple. Of, a few too many spots but if you're giving up one spot even if it's in like the top 10 if it's not like first or maybe even second or third i don't think it's that big of a deal it's a team no. sport <laughs> whether we like it or not and as long as they're not literally doing everything they can to win that's to me the distinction you're not giving up a win you're not giving up maybe even a, a top two or three they're probably not even the top five, but then I think it depends on the situation here. like i i I have no problem with it. And then, like at play tracks, I mean, you could just push someone to win. That's just kind of accepted. but it, even if if Custer literally just pulled over and gave Brisco the spot, well, that's the power of having teammates. <laughs> uh, it's not something we're gonna see every week. If we start seeing it to where they're like, well, You know, that was part of the thing that was so annoying with F1 is they do it from the beginning of the season. Um, Here, you know, it's usually only in situations that matter, like when you literally need that point to move on. And if that's what happens, that's what happens. We've had the same kind of general discussions at Bristol. And to me, I just don't care. As long as you're not taking a race-winning car and putting it in the garage. Like in Spingate, quite frankly, I have nothing wrong with what Brian Vickers did. Even though that's mostly what they got penalized for, it's when you are bringing out a caution on purpose that affects the entire outcome of a race that I think the line is, is crossed.
0: Right, right. No, I would, I would agree with that. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with the Cole Custer thing because I, I just don't know. Especially if he ended up having a flat tire, I think that pretty much just ends it right there. Like, what can't penalize a can't penalize him in that situation if that's what happened. Agreed. Uh race is official.
1: Uh Cindric and Gregson in the 48, who had a pretty solid run today. Uh was gonna maybe get a top ten before getting I don't know exactly what happened. He was involved in one of the late cautions. Um but very solid day today. Uh didn't get the finish, though. But Gregson and Cindric to the R and D center.
0: Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I can't can't rule anything. Not coming out from that. We didn't expect anything with Harvick, so
1: I mean, at this point, it's always possible. Yeah. I don't, I don't expect anything to come out from it, but it's always possible.
0: But uh, man, just uh, you know, an in- an interesting finish. And I know there are a lot of other things that come out of the race. I know Chase Elliott not happy with the finish. Ryan Blaney not happy with the finish. I know Blaney was talking about just non-playoff guys driving like idiots, causing wrecks at the end of the race. So. Definitely not thrilled, and I I think Chase kind of agrees the same thing there. And uh, I know he had some comments about the car, it's uh, (laughs) not good. We,
1: you too often, we saw guys just not able to pass. And it's one thing if you can't pass just because like you're being blocked, but like they can't even get to the guys, is the thing, right? I they're stock cars, I honestly prefer if they have to almost push someone out of the way to pass sometimes, give mm-hmm. them a good old bump, but they can't even get to them to give them the bump is the problem. Right. Right. So certainly work to be done still. <laughs> Maybe we should just go back to the uh, overall number of the, uh, like not the format itself, but the schedule in terms of the number of the, the kinds of okay. races in the chase from the, from like 07.
0: Listen, I mean, it, it might be a better product. I know I saw people on Twitter after the race saying I, this, I, where it's like, we had we were having the best year ever, if, and if in we, a matter if, of weeks,
1: God, if we, if we go to 07, obviously we go to Texas, so that sucks. Probably have to figure out something different with Atlanta, since maybe we'll just, I don't know what we throw in there, because Atlanta's different now. It's not even the same Atlanta. It's an entirely different track. But all those other races had a good race at Loudoun, a uh, good race at Dover. Obviously, good race at regular Charlotte. Uh, Decent race at Phoenix. Homesteads to be determined. Texas is terrible. I'm sure I'm missing somewhere in there. Martinsville's still there, but
0: Martinsville's. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I uh, next year is going to be really, really big with this car. And never, never mind the safety things they have to change, but just the car itself. Um, You know, things that I've heard coming out of test sessions it's it's not necessarily great news so
1: i think it'll be better i think the safety will be better for sure not to where we want it to be not to where the drivers want it to be necessarily uh but i i think better i think there are some things they changes they can make to make the cars race better in some situations uh it's not going to be perfect though it's just it's absolutely
0: not no it's uh it's working to be fair
1: to be fair, perfect might be unobtainable, and I'm okay with that, but the reality is, you can't make the short tracks worse. And I don't, I think that should be something that it feels fixable.
0: I think Maybe. the short tracks do, and I'd assume if you could, well, I don't know if the road, tra- the road courses are fixable, but that also has to do with stages. That's a completely different problem. So I think true. even if you fix the cars, you're still going to run into the problems the, the, at stage no, racing.
1: You, you always have issues because there's the one thing I don't think they could fix on this car without completely changing the car with that point, what's the point is the tire uh, tire is almost certainly too wide. And I, I don't think you can change that without changing the whole car. And that is definitely, if a change that's going to happen, uh, 24 would be the absolute earliest. <laughs> uh, so. uh, if that was going to happen this year, Goodyear would already have to know and be working on it. So, it's just, some things NASCAR's fault, some things not NASCAR's fault, but it's not been a good few weeks. Some things, you know, maybe their fault, but not, you know, related to the
0: car specifically. You know, I I think it's been going downhill since Darlington, and that got covered up by, you know, a good win with Eric Jones. And those issues at Darlington, not necessarily because of the car, those would be other issues with the officiating. I think he caught a break at Kansas. The... Didn't seem to have any issues there, but you know Bristol was an absolute disaster. Uh, Texas was an absolute disaster. I thought Talladega was okay, but I know a lot of people yep. weren't pleased with the racing.
1: I thought the racing was was good. It'd be nice if they could form a third line there. My only issue with Talladega was the end of the, the truck race, no matter which way you slice it. <laughs> uh, I think they made the right call with the... I don't know. I, I'm not going to say they made the right call at the caution, but... It would have felt bad if the caution comes out, or the caution doesn't come out. Uh, De Benedetto doesn't win, and Ben Rhodes doesn't get uh, penalized. That yeah. would have felt bad.
0: Yeah, yeah i I would say that's fair. Um, and that, you know, today I think he had issues with the car and the finish. While entertaining, I think it probably left a bad taste in a lot of the fans and clearly a lot of the driver's mouths so at
1: the end of the day i think almost and especially with these cars any track we go to that has a cutoff like this here we're gonna see a bunch of crap happen at bristol
0: i maybe martin or door. bristol
1: sorry martinsville Martinsville.
0: <laughs> I mean, if if they can get to somebody, if they can yeah, get to somebody, then if, them. <laughs> there, if
1: there is a caution in the last seventy-five laps, like every time they they're because they know you if you're gonna pass somebody, you got to do it now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like there is a good chance that the race is not good, but a shit show.
0: Mm-hmm. I, you know, if they could, if they're just gonna send it in there and hope something works, that's that's how you that's a recipe for that to happen. So. Uh, definitely very possible, but we got our eight guys. They'll be fighting for those four spots, and you know I think we're going to see regular races these first two. You know at Las Vegas and Homestead coming up. But you're right, you know Martinsville being hard to pass. If you get in that situation late in this race, they're definitely going to send it in there, and there's probably going to be a lot of hurt feelings if that were to happen. So you know a couple weeks we'll find that out. Uh, Any final thoughts on the race?
1: It was Roval. If we went back, it's crazy, but if we went back to Charlotte Oval, I wouldn't be opposed. Maybe go back to Charlotte Oval, turn Texas into a road course. Who
0: cares? Yeah, I think uh, that could be a solution. Unless you're willing to get rid of a date from Atlanta, I'd I'd be okay uh, with that.
1: You know, people could argue about all they want. Incredibly impressed by the playoff run so far Chase Briscoe has managed to put together. Uh, yeah, all he did is survive, but that's something that, so far, eight other
0: drivers have not been able to do. Definitely fair. I, I don't know if I'm impressed by it, <laughs> but I'm not going to take that away from him. He's done what he's had to do, and that's why he's still racing for a championship. Um, How about the picks? How about the fantasy? I know uh, yeah, I know right. it wasn't that good. Well, well, so,
1: truck or cup? Nope. Xfinity race. Uh, you picked AJ to win. We both effectively did. I couldn't. I picked Austin Hill, who was running solid. Uh, before his power steering broke. Uh, for value picks, I went with James Davison, who did get a solid fourth. Uh, you went with Daniel Kivya who did finish uh fifteenth. Uh, for our head-to-heads here, I had Barry over Hemrick, which that one hit. You had Davison over Brandon Jones. Uh, pretty close. Jones did finish seventh, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure Davison finished fourth. Uh, yep. but was, I mean, it was close, but those, both of those did hit for the cup race. Uh, you had William Byron. I had Chase Elliott. I was looking good. I was looking good. Uh, I just don't, I know I'll have to hear it again, but I'm over the NASCARs rigged for Chase Elliott because it was a sign. They could have just as easily not thrown a caution for it if they really wanted to. I'm
0: out of the groove but they opted for entertainment. And,
1: and I don't think it was the a wrong call necessarily. I didn't care either way. I just, it's very annoying hearing the NASCAR for chase when there are also plenty of examples where things that have not been cautions all the time, or they conveniently have waited at other points are suddenly cautions. So, uh, for our, our betting race picks, uh, I went with Chris Buescher, who finished, uh, I have it here. Give me a second. Uh, top 6, I think Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I heard McDowell's name at some point. I know he was running. Okay. One of those
0: wrecks on the restart. Okay. That makes sense.
1: That makes sense. Mm -hmm. 27th. Um, So for group a, uh, Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, AJ Almendinger. I picked Chase Elliott. You picked AJ Almendinger and AJ Almendinger did win group a, uh, for group B, Oh, and also with AJ Allmendinger, this won't get mentioned to anyone else here because he doesn't come up uh, at any point, but Justin Haley also had a fifth. Uh, AJ Allmendinger finished fourth. First time, two top fives for Colling in a race. Not that shocking since this is the first year they're running full-time and first year they're running two cars, but still, uh, solid day for them. Solid, solid day. Uh, for Group B, William Byron, Daniel Suarez, Ryan Blaney, Austin Sidrick, Byron did... Take this one. Didn't finish well. Finished like 12th or 14th, but uh, Suarez had his issue. Cendric spun late, and I think Blaney spun late too. Uh, Lord, may they never swap paint schemes again.
0: Oh, man.
1: Uh, Group C, Danny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe. Well, neither of us picked Christopher Bell, and Bell won the race. Uh
0: Uh,
1: Which, you know, not necessarily good for any picks today. Definitely good for your championship picks, though.
0: That is true. That is very true. Uh very good there. I probably no, your, should have run a little bets. bit more money okay. on him.
1: I mentioned it. You know, if you thought he could get it done, he was like six thousand or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I did not uh, think he Talladega. was getting it today. Okay. <laughs> uh and group D, Joy Logano, Chris Busher, Martin Tricks Jr., and Kyle Bush. Uh we both picked Busher, who had a solid day, but Kyle Bush brought it home third to two Rin Group D. Mm-hmm. I it, it, my my parting thought here is similar to stuff like Couch Racer said, and I think the general feel like at this point, I just want the season to be over. I don't think I've ever felt this way about NASCAR. Well, that's probably not true. Some of those late 2000s when uh, Jimmy was certainly going to win and everyone else was out. Those, like, I'm sure I just felt like I wanted those to be over. But... I mean, several guys I'm rooting for still have a clear shot of the championship, and it just have, has come off the rails so quickly that can't help but just sit here and be like, well, maybe next year we'll get the full package.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what we were saying before. It's been a rough, you know, month and a half. I, I don't think we really had started having these problems. Maybe you could go back to Daytona. Um you know, the race before the playoffs started given the rain situation that happened there, though out of everything that's happened over the last month and a half or so, I really feel like there's that's the least that NASCAR could have done to change. That was kind of just a very unfortunate situation and uh it's uh, just got the snowball rolling to where we are now, and I think there's a lot of people that are pissed off, and it's probably a lot of people like you know yourself, like you were saying, that just want it to be over. I'm not at that point. I think we're going to have at least you know two weeks here coming up of really good racing. I'm I'm very hopeful we'll see something good out of Las Vegas and Homestead, but you know Martinsville. I think you already said it that that could be a chaotic race at the end, depending on what happens and. Also, it could be very boring at the same time until the chaos happens if there's a late yellow. And you know, Phoenix was okay earlier in the year, but it was we, Phoenix. It was. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't was anything Phoenix. special. It wasn't <laughs> anything special. So you got four races left. Um, they're going to be interesting, to say the least. And I can't wait till next week to get the ball rolling here in the round of eight and. Maybe we'll figure out one of the drivers, at least, who will be going on to the Final Four at Phoenix and racing for the championship. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bernie Breakdown. Uh, Be sure to come back and listen to us when we preview the race at Las Vegas here in a couple of days. Until next time, thanks for listening. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.